Hello, hello. Welcome to the Making a Marketer podcast, the show for all levels of experience with the best guests in the industry. Get ready to learn and laugh. Here we go with your hosts, Megan Powers with Hires of Marketing and Jen Cole with Pick Media and Social Media Examiner. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 40 of the Making a Marketer podcast. This is exciting, kind of a milestone. I am Megan Powers, and this show is sponsored by Powers of Marketing. We provide strategic communication, consulting, and execution for small to medium-sized businesses. And my co-host is Jen Cole. Hi, Jen. Hey, what's going on, Megan? How are you? I'm doing beautifully today. I haven't seen you um, in like two weeks. It's been a whole two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to do? I know. Well, we did go twice. We got to see each other twice in two weeks. So we got a little we spoiled. Now we have to go through March. We get spoiled. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so painful. That's so painful. <laughs> so, well, we have someone familiar to both of us, but especially to you because I think yes. he's your boss. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're right. We'll try to treat him kindly. Hi, Eric Fisher. How are you? Hello. I am well. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm so glad we could have you on. I saw Eric at the Podcast Movement Conference and learned at that point that he had a podcast that he's had for like a million years and is super successful. So it made perfect sense to me for us to have him on to talk about marketing his podcast. And I will say that he could possibly have the shortest bio I ever will have read <laughs> of a guest. <laughs> so he is social media manager at Social Media Examiner, and he's been doing that for the last five years. And uh, he is the productivity producer and host of Beyond the To-Do List podcast, which he has been doing for seven years. And if I remember correctly, did you say you get 20,000 downloads per episode? Yeah, it's actually 22 now. What? Yeah. My oh my. Congratulations. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, right. it's, it's been a long time to, to get it up to that point. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight, but no, it's funny because we have a marketing podcast, but we're doing client work. So we are spending so much of our time doing that client work and we can do a better job of marketing this podcast of drinking our own Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <to speak. laughs> so. I, I have lived that as well, actually. We can talk about that later too. All right, cool. Sweet. Yeah. We're here to learn. We are sponges to learn from you today. All right. So I think Jen was going to kick it off with the first question for you. Yeah, Eric, this is a wonderful segue because as we've just stated, you have a very well-established podcast, seven years. That's absolutely amazing and something to strive for. How did you get started in podcasting? And what is the story behind your topic, productivity and quality of life? Well, uh, let me see how short I can go through this. So I was sitting doing a data entry job back in the summer of 2005 at a university. And I had moved up a little bit. And that was where I was at the time. Now I moved up beyond that later. But I was sitting there doing data entry. And usually I would listen to music. Well, iTunes pops up and says, we have an update. And I'm like, well, then I have to use the bathroom and grab a coffee. See ya. And I pushed go (laughs) and it updated. And I came back, sat down and there was this tab on the left underneath music and playlists and things. And it said podcasts. And I clicked on it. And then I figured out by looking through this, and this was early days, that 
This was audio shows. This was radio shows that you could download. It was TiVo for radio shows. Right. If people people still know what TiVo is, because we don't really talk (laughs) about that word anymore. And suddenly I was like, oh, this is amazing. And I can listen to this now instead of music, which is great. And so I started avidly just looking for different shows and starting to listen to them. And I immediately actually started listening to Luria Petrucci back then. I have followed her since way back then when she was known as Callie Lewis. But that's then early days. Then I got connected with Cliff Ravenscraft and he was getting into podcasting. I, I found him on his like second episode of a podcast ever talking about the, the TV show Lost at the time and then started to branch out. And then about 2007, I started, a lot of people don't know this, I started a comedy show podcast with a friend of mine. And he and I both worked in the same office. We would drive to his house where we had a recording studio set up in his one of his spare bedrooms. And we would sit and just do something. And, and anyway, long story short, we did that off and on for a while. We eventually stopped. And then we got to the place where we kind of parted ways, not relationally, but like we just couldn't do it anymore. There wasn't time. I then was still like, I want to do more podcasting. And at the time, I was like actually promoting my show. This is actually where that kind of comes in. I was promoting my show on social media, which was also pretty new. You know, you're thinking 2005, 2007, Facebook was only just opening up to people that weren't in college. <laughs> so, right. And the, the university I was working at, and I had already moved up another level or two, I wasn't doing data entry anymore, said, we need somebody to look into social media marketing and how the university can use it. And say they said, we'll give you 10 hours out of your work week to investigate that and bring us findings and things like that. And so I did. And that went on for a number of months. And then eventually they said, all right, we're going to create a position for you. And they created the very first social media manager position for the university. And I jumped into it and I did it for three years. Talk and about right place, right time. I know. And so <laughs> right before that, or right around in that, actually, when Cliff and I, we were co-hosting a show together, he was streamlining and doing fewer shows. And I said, well, I want to do a show. And I was trying to figure out what to do. And so this is where the topic comes in. I realized I wanted to learn from people. I wanted to talk to people, learn from them. And I didn't know what to learn from them. I was like, well, how do they do their work? How do they manage their time? How do they do quality work? How do they do work-life balance? And suddenly it hit me, oh, that's all productivity stuff, just in different angles. And I said, well, then it needs to be a productivity show, but how do I come up with like the vibe of it? How do I, you know, because I don't want it to just be about to-do lists. I want to go be, and as I was saying it in my head, the name of the show came to me as beyond the to-do list. And I even did like to infinity and beyond, you know, (laughs) and there you go. And then I knew right then, okay, who can I get right away? Like, who can I, that's big. And I knew right away I could get Michael Hyatt because I had connections to him. He was actually the first person I recorded with, even though he didn't know that. (laughs) And then I recorded a few others and I held his, put some episodes out, then put his out. And that was a big, like, boom, you know, out the door right there. So. He knew yeah. you were recording a podcast, didn't he? Or did he? Know? Oh, he knew. A, yes, oh, he okay. knew I was recording a podcast. <laughs> he just I, didn't know he was the first podcast that I, of oh, my show okay. I was recording. So I guess you didn't start out with this is episode one. Like I always give the episode number one. <laughs> no, I, I actually did an episode zero. Oh wow! I did that's episode really cool. zero. Where so I guess I did that first. I guess that's right because I sat down and said, "Hey, this is Eric Fisher. This is this is who I am. This is why I'm doing the show." Just as kind of like a teaser, kind of a trailer, which they have different ways of doing now. But back then, that was grassroots. You just did it. 
So Right. Well, yeah, I'm sure it's evolved quite a bit. Okay, so let's talk marketing. This yes. is a podcast. What's the primary way listeners find your show? And how much time do you actually spend marketing it? Yes. So the answer to the last part is not enough. I do not spend enough time marketing it. <laughs> I think that's because that I am way. a marketer. <laughs> yeah. That's that's like most of you. I am a yes. marketer in my day job. So I'm already doing so much marketing. So when it comes to yet another thing, it's like uh, it's like why it's like why I don't do a whole lot on Instagram or sto- Instagram stories personally because it's the doing your own thing. It's the it's it's the whole thing about how the cobblers kids don't have sho- have holes in their shoes. Right. Sure. Know, if you've Painter hasn't that. painted their own house. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that. So, but then it's about, okay, so like we try to figure out for our clients all the time or our, you know, customers, what's the biggest or best bang for our buck? Where's the best ROI in terms of the marketing for whatever the thing is? And so when we could bring that background to podcasts, it's existing podcast listeners. It's not only is it mobilizing your existing audience to tell somebody they know about the episode they just heard or are about to hear and let somebody know, hey, you got to listen to this episode with Eric Talk to So-and-so. You got to go listen to this episode. It's great. But also, it has to do with knowing that there's a barrier to entry when it comes to certain types of content. Like if people just aren't on YouTube, they're not going to go check out your YouTube video. Same with podcasts. If they're not already listening to podcasts, then you have a way more of an uphill battle or an uphill climb to get them to listen to one versus somebody who's already listening to podcasts, that's who you want to get to discover your podcast. And you know, then you can go through and say, okay, well, what kind of podcast do you listen to? Oh, business ones. Well, what if you listen to this one too? And it's, you know, so it really is about getting connected in the right places. And honestly, <laughs> one of the biggest things for me is connecting with other podcasters because they listen to podcasts and right. they make them. And like me are always like, okay, I'll try that one out. So yeah. I like it. Yeah, I actually was a guest on a podcast this week. We recorded uh, with someone I met at Podcast Movement. Pat Helmers has a podcast called Sales Babble. And it's a a podcast for salespeople who don't want to come off as salespeople. And that was my jam when I was working in sales. So so that was kind of fun. Yeah, I've been on three different podcasts. But what's funny about that is that the first two fell short and they didn't even let me know when my... I know I've been a guest on four. Three of the others didn't let me know when it was published. Oh, no. Yeah. And that's the thing right there. And I'll confess, like, I am somebody, again, who hasn't done the greatest job because I kind of was like, well, I've got like decent numbers. I used to do much better at the marketing. It's okay if I kind of let it slide over time because, like, it's about being good about the craft. And, and, and I'm, I'm making excuses here. That's, <laughs> right. that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but I'm, I'm good at what I do. And like people have found it. And it, if I get more listeners or more people downloading it, then it rises in the search engines. And, you know, da, 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 da. Nobody, want, you know nobody wants me to pitch them my thing over and over on Twitter and social, et cetera, et cetera. And then I was like, yeah, but you probably should still. Like you see bumps when you start doing it again. So no question. Actually, it's funny you mentioned bumps because Jen has recently been doing a really good job of promoting our show for us. And we have a few guests who have been doing a really good job. And you can tell it's like that numbers go up when that happens because, you know, like especially on Twitter, which is primarily where 
we're promoting it a little bit on Facebook. Mm-hmm. But because it's so quick and you just never know who's going to search on any certain hashtag at any certain time and whatever. So let me give you a nutshell, like my workflow now in terms of marketing the show. I don't necessarily feel like I have to market every show in every place. But when it's a highest, like when it's a big topic or it's a big person, I'm going to go, I'm going to go everywhere. So I'm going to do Twitter. I'm going to do LinkedIn. I'm going to do Instagram and Instagram stories. And I'm missing one, Facebook. Facebook's the other one where it's like, I'm iffy on that one, especially on my personal pit, my personal profile. Because you don't have a business. Do you have a business page for it? I do. Yeah. So I will do it there, but it's about like pushing it out even further, like into anyway. So, but you know, so regular episodes will just hit like some of them, but when it's bigger ones, I'll do all of them. Like I did recently with near all, all about being indistractable. And that's, I mean, let me tell you, every single marketer who's dealing with technology all day needs to read that book. So okay. <laughs> that's good. Because it's, because it's all about saying technology is not bad and you can use it and still be able to not be distracted. And I loved it for that fact. So fantastic. Anyway. Yeah, we're still early days, I feel like, in terms of our numbers. Yeah. So we should be promoting it in all the places. And it's just you just have to take the time and schedule and and then you know engage with the yeah. people. I do I will say I, I wish our guests by and large, did a better job of promoting the shows that they're on. And I know we're not alone. I know most most podcasts deal with that issue. That is true. And I think what I have learned is that it's not always going to happen no matter what. Some of the times where it happened and I wasn't expecting it to was because I just did a great job with the show. And they walked away like, oh man, that was great. Let me know when this drops. I'm going to share it. And when they say that, I'm like, okay, make sure to let them know. Because I don't always make sure to let them know. Again, I do that too. I make that mistake. However, I'm typically going to at mention them in the tweet. So I kind of like, yeah, here you go. Because I have a little hesitancy to go back to the email thread and say, hey, if you wouldn't mind, it came out. So if you could share it here and here and here and here and here. Now, I'm not going to ever do that. I've never done that. But what I have done is with a recent one, you know, somebody wrote back and they said, hey, when's that episode going to drop? And I said, it'll be on this day and I'll reply and I'll let you know and I'll give you the URL. And so even I am getting better. What what, what I'm getting at is your guests' audiences are huge opportunities for growth when it comes to your show. And when you don't tap into that, you are missing a huge opportunity. And I have missed it some of the time. And some of the times that's been why the numbers grew. So... Yeah, that's cool. That should be a huge motivating factor, but it's so easy to to overlook that and and just focus on the next task at hand. And you know, which leads me to my next question: uh, keeping a solid podcast or or any kind of episodic content is often a challenge to juggle. And let's face it, time gets away from us, especially as marketers, because mm-hmm. we have seasonal stuff and we have evergreen stuff. And we have all this other stuff that we have to worry about all the time. Um, how far ahead do you plan out your content for your podcast? Well, would you be surprised if I told you that right now I'm working on booking recordings for next year? Whoa. Oh, that, <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> that's amazing. But, but it took me forever to get to that point. Yeah. It used to be where I was recording something that had to go out this week or next week. And it was like this monkey on my back and a deadline (laughs) coming up in front of me. And it's like, no. (laughs) And 
I finally just said, no, forget this. I'm going to set up Calendly. So I did. And oh, then yeah. I was like, okay, when are the times of week where I can make sure that I'm like always, like I never have something come up at that point and I can also block the calendar out. So I did that. Then I made it possible. It's like, okay, here you go. Like when somebody would be scheduled, all they'd have to do is click a link and they'd pick what was what would work for them. And I didn't right. have to like say, does this work for you? Does this time work for you? How about this day on Thursday at 4.45 Eastern? You know, uh, it's <laughs> like a lot we did of, here. You know, and it's like, yeah. it's just removing that headache out of my time suddenly made it so much easier to say, well, shoot, if I can set up Calendly for, and I go, with, oh, and by the way, one of the important things is to go into Calendly and say, okay, two, three months out, though I'm not thinking of it right now, is there a week where I shouldn't be recording anything because that's a huge week for me in terms of travel or mm, holidays wow. or right. kid stuff, family stuff, <laughs> all that. Block it out, say not available that week. And so I do that. And so then I can give them a link and they can go, you know, right now they are able to go out to December, early December, Goodness. not late December because of the holidays. Right. So. Oh gosh, that's so smart. And that's got to be such a load off too, especially if you know all of that stuff ahead of time and you can just block it off in your calendar to where it's not an option for them to even schedule that. It's got to be just so much less of a headache for yes. everyone involved because yes. there's not the back and forth that there often is with stuff like this. But goodness gracious, to have booked out months ahead, that that's got to be an amazing feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm trying to... Right now, I believe I've got four to five, maybe somewhere around there recorded and I just need to finalize them. But again, that's just a matter of when when we're in a less busy season, having just started the school year and we've got yeah. fall break coming up in a few weeks or so. When that happens, things will die down a little bit, but then I can take yeah. a Saturday morning and I can sit and like process two to three episodes on one Saturday morning. Perfect. Cool. I could even get to the point where I could do a whole month's worth of processing right then on a Saturday and then there's bad processing. So, and yours is a weekly, right, Eric? Weekly, yes. Yeah. So cool. yeah, I set up Calendly for us, but I ran into an issue in that we have an hour long show that we do like this, just straight audio. And then we have a half hour one that we do on Facebook live that we pull the audio from. So there, that became problematic. Like it didn't want to do, it didn't want to allow me to do both. So I need, I don't know, a tutorial on Calendly or something to figure out. Sure. <laughs> but also on my other podcast, Inside Events, I booked out like three months in advance and then I just ran into an issue today where one of my guests is like, oh, I guess this didn't get on my calendar. You know, is that a hard time? I'm like, yeah, with well, the other guests, I, I'm not going to mess with his schedule. So if you can't give me that extra 15... And we also record that one on video. So like sometimes <laughs> Jen will have to, you know, pick up her kids and I'll let her mm -hmm. cut like a little bit early and it's no one even notices. But when yes. you're recording on video, I can't have the other person leave 15 minutes early. It just would sure. be <laughs> no. So I'm like, well, maybe I'll have you on another show or let me know if you can if you can stay an extra 15 minutes or whatever. So I feel like that kind of bit me in the butt that I booked them out so far in advance. Yeah, and and I mean that's the thing is is it, it no I don't think everybody and this is unique actually. I have found from the past few years that I do not like doing any work on the show in the month of December at all. But inevitably, it always happens that I get people coming to me and it's like, hey, this new book of mine that's perfect for your show will be out in January. Can we record in December? And I'm like, I'm giving some leeway of the first like two weeks, but that's it. And then I'm done. And so that's why I'm working so far in advance right. this time. Like usually I'll stay, say two months and that's the extent of it. I won't go any further than that. 
Gotcha. So. Nice. Well, nice that you have them banked, though. That's very cool. That's that's the other bonus is just yeah. just having that buffer zone of knowing I've got some stuff and can work ahead on it and stay ahead on it is great. So yeah. So one one thing I have a, a lot of people say to me, "Ooh, podcasting. What do I do? I'd like to learn about it." And you know, like they're kind of interested. What's the number one piece of advice that you would give to our listeners when starting a podcast? I. Actually, when I started, took the advice of Daniel J. Lewis. I was on his podcast network for many years up until earlier this year when he kind of dissolved it. And when he started his, he sat down for his topic and he said, how many different show ideas can I come up with right now before I even start recording? And I said, ooh, that's a great idea. So I sat down and I started writing down. I did a couple of things, actually. I wrote down names of people I'd like to talk to and topics that I'd like to discuss. And then by brainstorming off both those lists and ended up coming up with, you know, a good 15 to 20 original uh, episodes that I started off with. And so if you can get to the point where you can start to plan out your show ideas, not the recordings necessarily, not the structure even, but just who you want to talk to if it's an interview show or topically if, you know, if you and like if this, if the two of you weren't going to have guests, but knew, all right, let's sit down and like, what are all the different topics we need to talk about? Okay. And then you start with that and then you say, okay, how much further, how much deeper can we dig on one of these? Like, is there one where you can go even deeper? Like, in other words, you'd sit and maybe create individual Google Docs, like episode one, episode two, episode three, and you'd kind of say, let's work on this brainstorm, sit in person or digitally, have conversations about it, you know, with your supposed co-host or if it's a panel and everybody contribute to that doc and you kind of organize it up and say, oh, look, we've got a show here. This one we could record. What about this one? What about this one? And I would say once you've got at least 10, maybe 15, and again, this is also going to depend on if you're a weekly show or not, but I think you want to get far enough out in terms of validating the idea. And, and here's the thing. Somebody's going to be like, yeah, but I don't want to do all that work and then not do the show. It's not, it's not wasted work. You right. just came up with something else then. You came up with Facebook Live. You came up with live show ideas instead of a podcast. You came up with potential blog post ideas. You came up with potential, you know, a book. If you put all that stuff together, depending upon what you know, your topic is. So it's not wasted effort. It's just you take it and then move it to the thing you really want to do. So. Right. Yeah, I'm toying with the idea of starting a sports podcast ah. and with a potential co-host. So that's when I mentioned before, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts like that. And it's part because of that, to hear different shows and to kind of figure out how I want it to be. But anyone who knows me well knows my passion for sports. And um, I've been getting asked the question a lot, why aren't you doing anything to do with sports? So <laughs> I thought, well, and I have a friend who used to be a, a sportscaster. So I'm going to see if she'll do that with me. So you just, that just helped me a lot actually to think about how to, how to kick off. But sports is tricky, right? Because it's super timely. Sure. And so it, for me, I definitely, I was looking at Anchor, even just as the easy, like, if we're going to do a half hour weekly, I feel like maybe that's the road I want to go down to be able to, to turn it around. Because I'm going to want it, like, if we do it on Friday, about Sunday football or Monday morning quarterback on Monday, I want to be able to, you know, have it be released that day. Yep. So, and I'm not yeah. pardon the interruption. I'm not ESPN, you know, that has the, <laughs> just turning that audio right around to make the show a podcast. So, all right. Very cool. All right. So we are about at halfway. It's funny because this is 
this is probably one of the least heady of topics that we've had, so I, I like it. But we like to do a brain break in the middle. Awesome. And maybe one day, this will be where we'll have Adderall. <laughs> well, nice. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Since we're talking about podcasting. Okay, so I would ask the question, what's your favorite thing about fall? We just turned, turned the calendar on Monday. It's fall now. I want to say you can't say pumpkin spice, but I'll, I'll leave that on the table. I won't say that. As much as I enjoy that thing, I'm also kind of like, ugh, everybody's into pumpkin spice. I was so into basic. pumpkin spice back when they were playing in this dive bar. And, they, you know, anyway, the whole, like, I knew of that band before you. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I was before it was cool. Yes, yeah. before it was cool. This hit me, I, I, this hit me this morning. Right now, we're in that weird inter, intermediate phase where it's nice and cool outside when you go out and it's not hot like summer or freezing like winter so i can go out like i went out for my walk and that was great but i was like you know what i'm looking forward to in a week or two when i'm like actually we're able to wear like a hoodie and other things like it's the clothes i'm like the best thing about fall is the clothes and that's weird for me to say but yeah, like, that's awesome. it's true. Yeah. There's only certain <laughs> times awesome. you can wear things yeah hilarious yeah. Yeah. And in San Diego, we get teased, you know, oh, it's a little cool <laughs> this morning. And then yeah. Indian summer hits and the Santa Ana winds are blowing and it's a hundred degrees again. And it's like, okay, well, gosh, I got to wear my boots like once and then I'm back into my flip-flops. <laughs> and what about you? Uh, you know, my favorite thing about fall is hands down. It's a mixture of things, but what it really boils down to is football in my living room while I'm cooking chili and um, all the sports snacks in my kitchen at the same time. I just love the sounds, the smells, and then going outside and having pumpkins on my porch and mums. And I, I just love it all. It's just, a, it's a fun season for family and warm up to the holidays. Very good. Yeah. I mean, it will probably come as no surprise that my answer is football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. Uh, I have season tickets for the 49ers and we are three and oh, Sunday oh, girl Steelers was, was pretty fun. So we're hoping to keep it going this week. Uh, and we had a, you know, a history of being pretty good there for many years and, but it's been a minute since we've had a, a good team. So, you know, my team is three and oh right now too, right? Yes, I know this. So I'm just making yeah. sure you know that. Yeah. We don't play each other this season, though. I mean, not until the playoffs, anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> until the Super Bowl, I mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> AFC, NFC. That's oh, it. snap. <laughs> I'm all sitting right. here all not like into sports. I know. <laughs> all right. All right, Jen, what's your, you got the next question? <laughs> yeah, mine kind of plays off the last one that I asked you a little bit, but you know, you, you really do have a super niche topic and I think that your topic is really inspiring. It helps a lot of us stay on, on track productivity and learning how people hack all, you know, the juggling act that is life. So we, we've already talked about how far out you have guest books, but how, how do you find them? How do you find the guests that you're going to, um, that you're yeah. going to book on your show? Yeah. So let's see if I can figure out how to give away my tips and tricks here. Number one is starting out, there weren't very many productivity shows. So yeah. I just went with, all right, who do I know? So obviously, first up, I said, okay, well, Michael Hyatt. And then it was like, okay, well, who is he interacting with online? And I would look nice. and check those people out. Gradually over time, it was literally just looking and seeing who's out there. Like, so for another one, for example, was David Allen. And I thought, oh, I'll never get him. So <laughs> I reached out through his site and uh, his wife replied to me and said, David would love to. How about 
this date at this time? And I immediately wrote back and said, yes. And I'll, I was just anticipating <laughs> the having to negotiate and persuade them. I didn't imagine getting a yes so quick. So Nice. That's and, awesome. And now he's been on, I think, four different times at least. Wow. So, yeah. But yeah, it, it really comes down to, again, knowing the topics that I want to talk about and mm-hmm. then knowing also who the people are that are in the space. And nowadays, yeah. there's other shows that have people on them that I can listen to and say, oh, I could have that person on my show, but go a completely different direction. And this is actually one of the cheats that you can do is there are other productivity shows out there, some done by my own friends, and which is great that we're not competitive. We will sit and talk and we'll figure out, hey, who have you had on that you really liked? Oh, yeah, I had this person, this person, this person. Oh, I haven't heard of any of those. Can you make an introduction? Great. And then I'll say, here's the ones that I had. And it's, you know, people are either listening to one or the other or both or whatever. And it's like, don't worry about who's on what show. Worry about making a great show for yourself. And the cheat actually that I was getting at was you may hear them on somebody's show, but that's not your show and you're going to do it differently. I always listen to somebody on somebody else's show and then say, you didn't ask the follow-up question that I Right, right. So, you know. There you are. Yeah. And I already know what their answer is to this question. (laughs) So I know how to get them quicker to that answer and then the follow-up. So That's awesome. But yeah, it's it's really just about, again, it's even at this time, you know, I've got certain certain ones that are booked, certain ones that are scheduled, or certain ones that have interest, certain ones that are scheduled, and then certain ones I'm interested in. And any podcaster out there, here's when you know you've hit it big. You start to get pitches all the time. I have okay. two, two companies that are like, they're like agents for people who want to get on shows yes, that, that, that are too. reaching out to me. And there, there are some good ones and then there are, well, no, there's some, the good ones are the ones that actually have like legit like branding and they approach you well. They've done their homework. They know that their guest is a fit for your show. Yeah. I hate it when it's like my person's the CEO of blah, 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 blah. And there's a four figure seven thing. Da, 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 da. And <laughs> I'm like, but what about it is productivity? And they're like, uh, so <laughs> I hate that. I hate it. So anyway, but uh, I delete most of them, but then there's good ones. And then, and there are good ones. I love when I'm surprised and it's like, oh my gosh, this is a great pitch. Thank you so much for sending me this. And I keep an eye out for those agencies. And those agencies, you don't pay them as a podcaster. The guest is the one who is paying them to get on shows. So <laughs> nice. they're free that's for awesome. you as a podcaster. Right. Yeah, it's great content. Yes. So yeah, it's a mixture of all of the above. It's evolved at times for being a different percentage throughout the years. But yeah. I, um, that's really good to know because I, I just was kind of like, I mean, not hesitant, especially cause we haven't, we haven't done a show on SEO yet. And mm. one of the people is he's an SEO guy. And so I definitely need to get him booked for sure. Okay. So you've been doing a long time trial and error, but have you had any coaching and would you advise that for someone starting out? And do you have any resources for that kind of thing? Sure. I mean, even now, Megan, you and I saw each other at Podcast Movement, the conference, and I went into that with an open mind just saying, I am willing to overhaul my entire show to make it a better show and move forward. So even somebody who's done it for seven years and has however many downloads I said it was and all that kind of stuff, it's just like, no, I can still be better. I can do this better. So for me to say somebody starting out shouldn't get coaching would be stupid. Right. First off, and there are a lot of people out there and a lot of sources out there to go to. 
Pat Flynn's got some great stuff out there. You should look him up specifically when it comes to podcasting. He's even got like a free course and then a paid course. If you're serious about podcasting, you would approach some of these inexpensive podcast movement is an inexpensive ticket when it comes to a podcast conference. I already bought my ticket for next year because I'm just going to go from now on. And not only do they have one annually, they now have one biannually that's going to be, what was it? LA, I think in February. So LA and then Texas, I think. Yeah. 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 So Hmm. that's super inexpensive uh, comparatively, depending upon where you live and travel and et cetera. But it's good to just jump in and immerse yourself if you're really serious about getting it. And that's where you'll start to connect with people. And again, in the same way that you probably started to approach networking and connecting with people in the realm of social media and marketing, same thing. There are people who are all about podcasting, as you'll find out, and you start to find them and then you connect with them and you see them asking questions. And you're like, I didn't even know that that was, I don't even know what questions I'm supposed to be asking and they're asking that. And so you start learning from them learning in public and right. so on, which is what I do. I watch some of the other quote experts. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a problem I might have someday. Good to know, you right. know, and avoid it altogether because I see them learn the fix. So. Yeah, the podcast movement group on Facebook. Yes. Um, it's good. It's it's kind of like, you know, you kind of have to pick and choose. There's some people There's on there. There's a lot of real strong opinions in there. And, and yes, yeah. strong opinions. And I'm just like, <laughs> you don't even you don't even understand the question that I just asked. So Yeah. Anyway. But I'll pop in and out of there all the time just to see like what has someone asked and there are a lot of really really helpful people in there. So like, for example, my show that I did recently for my other podcast in Vegas on site. Really, really bad audio. I posted on there, is there anyone willing to listen? Just to listen to tell me if you think that it's trash or if there's any hope. And I had like eight different people who genuinely, authentically were like, send it to me. I want to, I want, I want to help. That's um, cool. I had there you three go. different people run it through whatever magic machines uh-huh. they use to scrub it. And, you know, it didn't improve it a ton because it was so bad to start with. But one of them, like the second half that I caught, I did get it on audio on my phone and that audio was, was recoverable. So then we only had to redo the first half, thankfully. So, but yeah, like that, you wouldn't get that kind of community and I think other ways. So it's nice that it's free and um, people are mostly really kind. Mm-hmm. And there are yeah, podcasts exactly. out there about podcasting even that you would go and listen to. So <laughs> Yes, Paul. <laughs> Paul Colligan. Yes. Evo Terra, the Libsyn podcast. It's called The Feed. What are some other ones? But there you go. Those are, those are good yeah. starters. Uh, that's, those are great tips. Yeah. So Eric, based on your Beyond the, the To-Do List title of your podcast and the fact that you mentioned in your description talking about quality, uh, something to the effect of quality of life, and, you know, just finding a balance between work and life and all the other things that we have going on in our lives. If you can inspire people to take away three specific things from your podcast in general, what do you think that those three things would be? Yeah. Well, one, it's seasonal. You can be productive or you can feel like you're organized and on top of things for a <laughs> sure. season. And then that season passes, like we were talking about <laughs> with fall coming. Oh, uh, yes. I can be productive in fall. And then winter is going to be crazy. No, yeah. uh, that's what it can feel like. And so you need to let it go and just be aware that like there will be different seasons of your life right now, as well as major seasons. And so it's not about what one any one person is doing right now that you emulate and it works for you for a while. 
And that's why I feel like I have the hope of doing a show for a very long time is because there are certain principles that you can continually come back to and be reminded of that are always kind of true. And then there are other things that are seasonal and you need reminders of to get back in order uh, at different times. So seasonally, it's one thing. Individualized Mm -hmm. is another. So for example, I know that for me, there are times when to focus, I need to sit and be quiet and that's for certain types of work. Uh-huh. Other times, I'm very much like you, Jen, where going to a place that's busy, like a coffee shop, and yeah. a di- completely different type of work with noise and ambiance and atmosphere is what I need yeah. to be able to like get some of the creative juices flowing or even to hone in and focus, weirdly enough, because my brain, by focusing out or blocking, but my brain, by thinking or blocking out the ambience you know, focuses in even more. You, yeah, you have that experience. Yeah, it comes it, to me. It's, it's kind of a white noise yes. for me. That that yes. noise is my white noise. And for others, that would drive them nuts. And for yeah, me, it's yeah. kind of a 50-50. <laughs> Sometimes that's what I need. Sometimes that's what I don't need. And so it's all individualized. So all the stuff we're talking about, it's like, again, <laughs> even in the midst of the principles that always hold true, there's always like, <laughs> but not for me. So let me try it a different way. Let me take what you're saying and try and figure out my own way to do it. And so then there's that. So seasonal, individualized. And then I would say just the importance of rest. We do not think about unplugging. And again, technology, not bad. However, too much technology or too much just inputs at all times without intentionally switching gears is what I'm really getting at is just bad. We've gotten to the point where because we can work from everywhere at all times, doesn't mean we should. So... (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Yes. And I I tell my friends and family, for the most part, I mean, not absolute, but for the most part, if if I am on my phone, I'm working. But also because of what I do allows me to do that for some of my work. And so it's also nice to be able to like, you know, do my Instagram posting for my client when I'm in a lift on my way to an event. And, you know, maybe definitely Mm -hmm. when I get there or whatever. But yeah, I've been that at, at a bar, you know, with my headphones on typing away, you know, making a blog mm-hmm. post and people are like, how can you work? I'm just in the zone. Yeah. Yes. I saw you doing that too. Oh, you did actually. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I was sitting in the bar. Well, I also was not staying at the host hotel. So yes, I was like, true. I have to get stuff done and here I am. So, all right. Those are all great tips. Okay. Yeah. So I want to switch gears just a little bit. And we talked a little bit about this when, when we were there, times are changing with advertising on mm-hmm. podcasts. So yes. I would love for you to share how you began getting advertisers and then kind of how things are changing now at the, at the moment. Yeah. So early days, I was lucky within the first few months of doing my show, I had gotten a certain amount of listeners and I was on a network. So the network was able to actually do the negotiating. So that was good for me too. And I think I had like audible ads, a couple of them. And then I had a couple other ones. And it was all really small dollar amounts and really, you know, not every, it was like one ad per show for like a month, like twice. And that was the first year from August to December. But you would not even believe how like knowing I was getting paid to do podcasting at all brought joy to my heart. Right. Because it was like, oh my gosh, like I did a thing. I'm a professional, like blah, blah, you know. And boy, has it come a long way since then. But that actually only in increments is really increments in degrees of growth was how it was for so many years. Now, the last few years, let's see here. So this year of 2019, 
2018 and 2017. So last three years, I have had an agency do the stuff for me. They are the ones, they take a cut, they take a percentage, but they are also the ones who are chasing down the advertisers, negotiating and middlemanning for me and finding out, hey, is this one that would be a fit for you? They think they're a fit for you. Are they a fit for you, et cetera? Here's what they're willing to pay, all of that. And they do all that and then they say, okay, here's the con, like they, they take care of the contracts and I sign them and all of that kind of stuff. And there are more of those agencies out there now than there used to be. And they can say that, let's see, I think it was the end of 2016 and it was into 2017. So 2017, 2018, 2019 were the first three full years. And each of those years, I have doubled from the previous year the revenue I have made off my show by, because of them doing that. Wow. So Yeah, that's worth it. And, and then, they've been getting better and I've been com- in communication with them yeah. and figuring out our relationship and me saying, hey, what about that advertiser? They were on there like a year ago and I really liked them. Do they want to do it again? You know, this, these different kinds of questions. So Yeah, and that's large scale. I read something on, I think, online yesterday that said it's something like, generally speaking, $20 per 1,000 listeners or something. Is that what I saw? Like, Yeah, that's, so that would be a... Yeah, 20 is so they say they use the term CPM, which right. is like cost per milieu or whatever. I, I just always thought that was a stupid word, but uh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> CPM is what most people say. And yeah. what it comes down to is basically, yeah, 20 is a number, 25 is a number, 30 is a number in terms of that's the original base multiplier times however many thousand people download your show over the course of 30 days. So you don't want to just say, well, I checked after a week. And I had 1,000 people download my show. So I get 20 bucks per thousand. Say you got two to 3,000 after 30 days. It's like, well, hold up. Now, now, now more people listened over. So you need to pay me more. Like, so I, I have, I have slowly but surely learned more and asked them questions. Like, I'll just say, hey, can you break down? Like, what's this term mean? I don't know what this means. What is that? And, you know, and asking my agency, that's great. So, yeah. And so let's cut to today. And yes. these rotating ad so dynamic dynamic that's right ad insertion D A I is what I kept seeing and I was like what does that mean It's called dynamic ad insertion and for the longest time I thought that it was a bad thing because I'd heard one post one podcaster say that they had heard one and it was from some weird thing that was the uh, was louder than the show. We know how all that goes when we're watching TV and the commercial comes on. It's like, yeah. and it's so much louder than the show. And uh, there's no normalization going on there. It was completely not a fit for the show. It was not read by the podcaster or the hosts or anything. And it just didn't fit. And it was a turnoff. And so I thought, well, that I guess that's not a thing. Now, come to find out that actually the technology is there at this point and getting better to where you could record the ad spot and you could have it dynamically inserted into any point in time in the episode that you know the timestamp is. And then that way, and you can say, do it now or do it from now till the end of this month or whatever. And so then people can buy ads, not just on your brand new show, but on all the back catalog, which I have a bunch of. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, ooh, this is interesting. I would love to do that. So. Yeah. No, it's so smart, and um, obviously we're not we're not there yet with numbers. And I'm thinking of, of like a flat rate, like to get someone, yeah. you know, someone to on a per episode or on a and and it's funny because my lure in part was going to be then it's on there forever. But when you know when we hit the and, big time, 
and there's dynamic ad insertion that might change. And that's the way that the industry is moving is towards dynamic ads. At some point here, the whole baked in ad where you recorded it one time when you recorded the show years ago and it's still in there. Some of my old, all my old ads for that matter, are actually still in my episodes. Well, I asked my agency and they were like, contractually, those don't have to stay in there anymore. So I'm like, okay, well, I've got to find somebody I can pay to go in there and like quickly edit them out and (laughs) then mark that timestamp as where a new one could go and and all of that. So that's actually a, a production note for people getting started now is don't think of it as something that you're finalizing and then locking in and then moving beyond. You actually need to have it in your thought process that this is an asset that I can come back to later like a blog post. I can, you know, if something changes in the industry and that post is still evergreen except for that one paragraph, you pull that paragraph out, you know? Sure. Same, same deal. Love it. I think that all of this has been so helpful. That, and <laughs> I, it went so fast. But we did. One, one final question. And that is, what technology, gadget, app, whatever are you hot on these days that you can share with our listeners? Sure. Uh, well, let's see. I'm loving, I mean, I, I've got the new iPhone 11 Pro Max, whatever thing with the three cameras. The and it's box. great. Yeah, the, tr- <laughs> the Tri-Force. And it's awesome. It, it really, really is. Like it was, at first I'm like, oh, this isn't all that different. But now as I've continually used, I've had it for a week and I'm like, okay, yeah, they're the, the front-facing camera when doing like story type stuff and selfies, Jen, yes. uh, is really cool because it's an upgrade. <laughs> And then it's the wonderful. back facing with some of the telephoto stuff and different things. Like, I'm just like, okay. And I, I'm telling you, I took it to my daughter's cross country meet and I was doing some video stuff and I was just like, yeah, this looks good. It's okay. That was the day after I got it. Later that day, I sat down and I was looking at it again and I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is <laughs> incredible footage, like the stabilization and the movement and the motion. And like, I didn't realize it in the moment, but after the fact, it was like, this is a huge upgrade. So I've really, like, I am just now, I mean, this is a rubbing in the face. This is a rubbing it in the face of every person out there who can't afford to do this. And I'm not even in that group. But I am an upgrade every year person for my phone these days. I just trade the old one in or downgrade it to another family member. I already promised this to my daughter next year when I upgrade. She made me do that. And uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, that's just where I'm at because I use it constantly and I can justify it and I can write it off for work too. Yeah, it's so important for the work that we do. Well, that is a great tip. And now I'm going to follow our guest Eric's advice. And I'm going to ask those of you who are listening, if you enjoyed this episode, Please share it with your friends, your family, your colleagues. And if you would also take it a step further to rate and review our show on whatever um, platform it is that you're listening on, we would we rarely ask for that. And uh, that helps us with visibility um, and all that good stuff. So especially on Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, that's a place where if you enter our exact show name right now, we don't come up to the top. Wow. <laughs> so I'm like... There's a problem there, but hopefully they'll, hopefully they'll get that worked out. But thank you, Eric, so much for being on. This has been wonderful. You're I welcome. Think, and let yeah. me be the guest who says, oh, this was awesome. So let me know when this drops yeah. and I will share it out so that more people <laughs> find out about it. <laughs> That's awesome, Eric. We would really appreciate that. 
<laughs> yes. All right. So this has been um, episode 40 of Making a Marketer and 50th episode that I personally have ever hosted. So two milestones in one. And we appreciate everyone who is listening. Thank you to my co-host, Jen Cole, and to Yay. our guest, Eric Fisher. And this has been Making a Marketer, and we will catch you next time.